Well, welcome everyone. Today we have a special guest. Mike Duplaze is here, and he's going to talk about, as a professional writer, how he helps families share their story and preserve their family history. Welcome, Mike. I am so happy to have you here today. Thanks for having me on, Bonnie. It's exciting uh, what I've been doing with families uh, over the last 10 or 15 years, and I've gotten to the point where I'd like to promote it uh, a little bit to the world because um, I enjoy doing it so much, and the families that I'm helping uh, seem to like it a lot, too. Great. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and what brings you to doing what you do today. Well, I've been a professional writer for over 40 years, uh, started in the newspaper business, uh, then got into corporate communications, and I've been self-employed for about 20 years, uh, have done everything from writing books and publishing them to writing uh, corporate communication type things for a variety of clients. But one of the things I've been doing over the last 15 years is writing creative obituaries for people. And it's gotten to be, uh, maybe because of my age, it's gotten to be a little more common lately. And uh, what I've been doing more of is helping people not only think of obituaries as uh, a nice thing to do at the time of death, but also use it as what I call a pre-genealogy asset, where it's being used to preserve family histories and hopefully even work on it ahead of time or, or even way after the, the person dies. But there's really no limit as to when uh, you can work on it. But I really enjoy the aspect of telling people stories. It probably goes back to my newspaper days. You know, I kind of think of these as a enhanced uh, feature story to some extent. But I love the fact that now with the digital record, the internet, we can make these available for future generations. Awesome. Now you call them creative obituaries. What is a creative obituary and how is it different from the obituaries that probably people are familiar with? Well, if you go to most funeral homes, you know, or cemeteries, they are helping people with pre-planning a lot these days. And one of the uh, things that they might have in their information is kind of a boilerplate fill in the blank thing uh, to put together a very standard obituary. Now, I like to tell people that Anybody can do the bottom half of an obituary with, you know, survivors, things like that. But where I bring value is in the top half of the obituary, uh, telling the, more about the person than just where they worked and, you know, a list of survivors. I, I do some interviews with family members to try to, you know, find out really who the person was at their core. And I don't know about you, but it, it's, it's, it's disappointing when I see an obituary in the paper or online where I know the person led a fascinating life, mm -hmm. but all there is for posterity is where they worked, who their survivors are, and you know, end of story. And it, it, it's sad. So what I've been helping people do is really dig into you know who they're they're either themselves. Sometimes we do you know them for these these uh, creative obituaries for people who are still alive because they want to say in their own oh, story. Okay. But more often than not, it is for somebody who's passed on or about to pass on. And being able to save those stories, not just the basic facts that you know are available in public record, but the stories of who that person is, maybe some cute anecdotes, you know, how did they meet their spouse, that type of thing. That's the type of thing that I want to live on uh, for access forever. You know, when you talk about obituaries 
sometimes are just, you know, they're, they're pretty boilerplate. There's, you know, what they did and who survives them. That's so true. I was just talking with my mom about this earlier today about a, a man that I knew who passed recently. And it was so sad because he was such a prominent person in the community and did so many things and knew so many people. And all his obituary really said was where he worked and who survived him. And I, I do think that's sad. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I did one recently for a friend of mine's father, and and I uh, I liked it when I went to the wake service. It was so nice to have his his wife come up to me and grab my arm and say, "Oh, you just I got goosebumps reading the obituary you wrote about my husband. You just captured who he was so well, and I've had so many people come up to me and tell me how much they enjoyed reading it. And that's really what I like yeah. about this. Is I obviously get some warm fuzzies from the good mm -hmm. feedback, but the family. Uh, loves having people come up to them and say, oh, what a great tribute. I read about your loved one. Yeah. Awesome. You know, obviously it's a stressful time when someone passes, whether you're anticipating it or not, but I mean, when should people be thinking about this? I mean, is it really just only like when they pass or is there a better time to, to work on it? Well, I mean, the most obvious time to think about it is right when somebody dies. Unfortunately, yeah. that's also the most stressful time and if you're having a funeral coming up right after that, it's also when everything's happening at once. And the last thing you want to do is relax and tell a story. So I'm, I'm, I'm really in favor of working on obituaries well ahead of time. Um, for my own parents, I'll use them as an example. Uh, my dad is alive and well, but his is already done. In fact, I did his first draft 10 years ago. And uh, he, he told me, you know, don't make it too long or anything. Well, <laughs> guess what? He wanted to add a few things to it. <laughs> And I'm glad that I had him look at it because I wouldn't have known those things had I waited until he passed away. So he's got a say in his own obituary that's in the can, ready to go. We can already, always update it, but um, he's happy with it. And that's, that's good to know. My mother, who just passed away uh, a couple of months ago, um, she was not well for several years. And I didn't really get, get working on hers until about a week ahead of time. However, that was still enough time to get some you know, stories from my other siblings, from my dad, go through, you know, everybody having their two cents worth. And, you know, even though it was my own mother, we still had version seven by the time everybody was happy with it. Yeah. But the point is, we, we did leave ourselves enough time to do that. Now, on the other hand, um, there's no reason why you can't do obituaries well after the fact, too. Uh -huh. So for instance, right now, I'll be talking with my dad and his sister about their dad, my grandfather. Now, he died before the internet was really a thing. So if you look online, there's really not much to find out there about him, even though he was a very prominent member of the community. So there's a good example of, I'm going to write a, you know, obituary for him and he's been gone for 25 years or something like that. So there's really no bad time to do it as long as you can put something together and, you know, put it out on your own website, my website, the funeral homes website, whatever. Um, it, that, that way it'll be there forever. So never a bad time to do it. Um, Certainly doing them at the time of death is the most common, mm -hmm. but it's also the most stressful. And that's why I, I try to get people to think about doing them ahead of time as part of the pre-planning process. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's interesting that you say that about your grandfather, because if someone has an obituary done, you know, from someone who has passed 10, 20, 30 years ago, they could still revive that or make it different or better or creative and, and then share that. Uh, that's a really neat um, feature, I think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whether there was an obituary in the paper at the time or not, 
Yeah. There's no rule that says you can't do a better one now right. um, or, or revise it. Uh, for instance, a good friend of mine, one of my high school coaches passed away from cancer almost 10 years ago. And we did a very nice Ovid for him at the time. I worked with his son to do it. Um, but his wife, I worked with her recently and she said, you know, now that I'm looking at it again, there's some things we left out of that that should have been in there. So we, we revised it, uh, sent to the to the funeral home and they said, no problem, because the original obit is still on their website. So they just put the new one uh, on the website, overwrote the old one. And now it's got everything in there that uh, his wife wanted as well. So there's a good example of how the digital record is awesome because it's not chiseled into stone. You right. can update it. And uh, it, it was great to be able to do that for her. Well, and I, I would think with the interest in, you know, genealogy and ancestry stuff and knowing about your family, I mean, I've even thought, gosh, I wish I would have known more about great grandpa, whatever, you know, and I'm sure I'm not alone. So knowing that you can always go back and revive some of that information, if there's people still living that have that information, that would be an awesome thing to pass on to future generations, I would think. Exactly. In fact, my coach's wife said, this is great because we just had great grandchildren born and now they will be able to know more about their great grandfather, Jack, who passed away almost 10 years ago than they ever would have otherwise. In fact, right. I did a video for them as well, where I did the narration of the obituary and as the soundtrack, but then we put in, I don't know, 55 or 60 photos into this oh. nice uh, slideshow while I did that. So that's out on YouTube and um, on my website and, and, uh, I don't know if it's anywhere else, but it's, it's, it's a couple of places. But the point is uh, that family will be able to not only read about their grandpa, Jack, but also see him uh, in, in various stages of his life forever because it's on online and uh, it'll be a great genealogy asset forever. Yeah. It's wonderful that you can do it afterwards. I would think that a lot of people don't think about this stuff ahead of time. I mean, they do like their will and their burial plot or cremation stuff or whatever, but do people do the obituary planning then too? No, no that, that's a good question. In fact, when I meet with um, the, the professionals that help with pre-planning at the mausoleums and funeral homes, they said that's, that's a huge need. They said they get yeah. families that bring in obits at the time of death and they're typically poorly written and, and, pretty standard and they look at it and they go god you know th this person was more than where they worked it's too bad there wasn't more there um but yeah that, that's a good point because there's no there's no need to put that off so if you're put doing your will um i heard one uh, mausoleum uh director told me that uh, she had a couple she worked with that has what they call their death drawer They've got all their paperwork in a drawer in, in their house. And they told okay. their kids, when we go, everything is in there that you'll need, whether it's a will, life insurance policies, their obituary, uh, it's all in there. So wow. that's, that's a great idea. And there's no reason that the obituary writing process shouldn't be part of that because I don't know about you, but I wouldn't mind having a say in my own story as opposed to, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of thinking from beyond the grave. Why did they put that in there? Well, you yeah. can, you can have a say in what your own obituary yeah. said. Or why didn't they say anything about this? You know? Yeah. And so, I mean, that's one of the benefits of doing a creative obituary as opposed to a sort of traditional death notice type of obituary, I would imagine is you can make it as, as big as you want. And if you do it ahead of time or get the person involved before they pass, they can have a say in it. 
not only that, you can have a little fun with it too. Um, yeah. Typically right at the time of death is not when you're in a mood to think oh. of funny stories, no. but, but um, doing it before or after you very well might be. Um, what I liked about uh, my, my mom's obituary is uh, I learned a story from my brother that I had not heard before and it was hilarious. <laughs> and so I said, boy, we have to put that in her obituary. And at the wake service, somebody came up to me and said, boy, I loved being able to laugh through the tears. Mm. And I thought that was a great comment on what an obituary should be. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. a sad occasion, but the person lived a fun life. Let's, mm -hmm. let's enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, people, more and more people, I think are calling that end of life visitation stuff, a celebration of life. And it should be. You know, but if it's got kind of, you know, this adds to it, I would think. And now you mentioned a video earlier. How does that play into all of this? Or I mean, could that be part of a celebration of life too? Absolutely. So for instance, I'll use my mom's again as an example. Uh, we put together a video for her that we played during the, um, the after service lunch. Now we didn't uh -huh. have the sound going, you know, that was, mm -hmm. you could watch it online if you wanted to hear the sound. But if you just wanted to watch the pictures go through, that was yeah. being shown on the projector uh, while we were eating lunch. My dad loved it. He hadn't even seen uh, mm. that final product yet. So he loved looking at that. As far as putting the sound together with it, um, you know, more and more people are going to video sources online as opposed to printed sources. So just giving people more access to, uh, to information is, is the goal here. And certainly the, the pictures part of it is great because... Um, before long, pictures are, are hard to find. You don't want to dig them out or they no longer exist or whatever. So if we can preserve them, in my case, you know, most of them were snapshots. So we had uh, some, did some scanning. We had some digital ones we put in there too, but being able to get all those together through my mom's whole life or my, my mm -hmm. high school coach, Jack, through the whole life. So they're in one place. What a great thing to access then, you know, literally a hundred years from now, somebody could look at that and, and, and enjoy that. And I always tell people, wouldn't you, if you're doing genealogy work or have any kind of family history interest at all, wouldn't you kill to have oh, yeah. access to something like that for your great grandparents? Mm -hmm. Well, that's what we're creating now for, for people that I'm work with is, um, boy, their, their great grandkids and beyond are going to have a great asset. And, and certainly it's for today, but I, I, I like to think bigger picture and how this is going to be available as a family history asset forever. Mm, yeah, because otherwise, you know, snapshots or pictures, you know, even digital ones. I mean, they're they're with one person and no, you can't share it. So it's really nice that you can with the digital age, we can certainly do that. And, and you know, digitizing pictures that are that are snapshots. Um, it That's amazing to be able to share that. Right. So for our family, you know, most of the pictures were um, in albums at my dad's place. Yep. Um, for my friend Jack, most of the pictures were at his wife's house, although I even was able to uh, submit a couple there because I had a long family history with them as well and, and another friend as well. But the point is, you're right, uh, very limited access mm -hmm. to people outside of a couple people probably that would have access to all those pictures. So yeah, putting them in one place in a video is great. In fact, uh, I had a, one of the uh, pre-planning professionals at a local cemetery saw that video of my friend Jack and he said, wow, that was like watching a documentary. It was about six minutes long by the time, you know, I'd got through with the read of it. It was relatively extensive. He was a very successful coach. There was a lot to talk about and there was a lot of pictures too, which was great. Um, so he was very impressed by that because again, that's not something you typically see. 
there are there are certainly people like me that that do uh, obituary writing around the country, mm-hmm. but I, I haven't seen much in the video realm. So that might be a little something different that that I can offer people. But it all goes back to telling stories. So whether it's written or visual or a combination of both, uh, that's I find that uh, very uh, fulfilling to be able to help families with mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I, and I can sense that you 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 enjoy this. So that's, that's awesome. So how can, how can people like connect with you and find more, you know, maybe some examples of, of work that you've done for people? Cause you said you've been doing it for a while. What's the best way? Well, uh, I do have a nice website that at uh, creativeobituaries.com. Uh, you can see the, some of the video uh, examples there, printed examples. Um, there's some uh, blogs on there where you can get some thoughts as to, you know, why should I worry about doing this now type of thing? And what happens if my loved one committed suicide? How do we handle that? You know, mm-hmm. all sorts of things in the, in the blog area. Um, and you can certainly suggest some things for me to write about as well. But there's also um, a chart that shows the various different packages I offer from written to, uh, to video to even editing. If you've got a, an obituary you've got done already, but are kind of worried maybe that it's not up to snuff uh, grammar wise, things like that. I can help even with the editing on that too. And there's a, a button on there. You can click to, uh, get the process started and, uh, give me a call, that type of thing. Any, any way to get, get a hold of me is fine through that website. Um, and I guess what I'd like to, to, to leave you with is the thought of, um, an obituary being a positive thing. It, you know, mm-hmm. it, it comes to our mind as a death thing. And, and, you know, traditionally that's what it is obituary kind of even sounds like mortuary. It's got that yeah, same sound yeah. to it. Um, but if you think of it as a family history asset, you know, maybe that'll help you feel a little better about it. And certainly don't feel like you have to wait for your, your loved one to pass away. I just talked to an acquaintance last night who, you know, doesn't know how much longer like her elderly mother might be around. And they had talked about, you know, should we start working on one? And, and well, the answer is yes, you should, because mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do is worry about the details of an obituary right when somebody dies with all the stress that goes on. I mean, think of everything that goes on at the time of death. You've got the funeral director, you've got the um, notifying everybody. There's probably some family dynamics that are going to be at play that you have to navigate through all sorts of stuff going on. So the less you have to do at the time of death, the better. And certainly uh, along with the will and, and everything else, getting the obituary done ahead of time is certainly uh, you're never going to be upset you did that. Yeah. And and I'll put the link to your website on the show page for people so that they can easily get there. But you know as as we're going as we're talking today, it it occurs to me that this is really thinking about obituaries in a whole different way. It's not your typical obituary. I mean, that's what it sounds like. And you're right. The word obituary sometimes is, is not thought of favorably. People don't want to think about it until they have to think about it. But it's it's really more than that. It's a celebration. It's a legacy. It's it's a it's a wonderful thing. I think that you're doing. Yeah, and you know, and I enjoy it. And it's one of those things where I, I it just seems like I have a talent for it. Um, I. I one thing for sure when you work with me is know that even if you do it well ahead of time, like we did my dad's first draft 10 years ago, while well, we just updated it. If you engage me to help with this, you get free revisions as long as you need them. You never have to repay for anything. Um, so don't be shy about oh. getting started and think, oh, it's too soon. Well, it's never too soon because mm-hmm. you never know <laughs> when that day might come. 
but also if it needs updating down the line, fine, but you've got the basis of it done already. Right. Oh, that's, that's good to know. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time today, Mike. Is there anything else you feel you want to share today? I know we covered a lot of stuff. We did, I guess. Um, first of all, thanks for having me on. And, and I'm, you're right. I'm trying to get people to think a little differently about the whole obituary process and uh, think even, thinking of it as more of storytelling as opposed mm -hmm. to a standard death notice. I think right. is, is where I'd like to take this. And it's certainly more enjoyable for the family and less stressful um, to work on it ahead of time or to have something like me put it together, um, especially in cases where, you know, I've had, <clears throat> I had a call from a woman one time who said, you know, I'm a writer, but my husband just passed away and, and it happened to be a suicide. And she said, I, mm -hmm. I can't do this. I need your help. So just because you're a writer doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to work on it under stress. So yeah. that was a good example of, of um, where having a third party like myself, yeah. you know, sometimes I, I even help navigate some family politics a little bit a here bit or there. Too. Sometimes yeah. it's easier to hear things from, you know, third party guy, writer guy, mm -hmm. than it is to hear it from a family member, especially when, you know, sometimes we have to do some compromises here and there um, mm -hmm. with how things are handled. And sometimes that's easier done from outside the family than within. Oh, that's a good point. Well, I want to thank you again for your time today, Mike. I so appreciate it. And you're doing good work. Thanks, Bonnie. Bye. Bye-bye.